May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, his only Son, our Savior Jesus the Christ. A lot of you know this about me. I do not wait well. I'm often impatient. I'm frequently in a hurry. I want things to happen. I change checkout lanes at HEB. I switch lines at the bank. And when I drive up the long hill over there, coming up Stone Oak Parkway, and at the top of the hill, I'm going to turn right on Hardy Oak to get to the Summit 2 subdivision and to my home. And if I see a car in front of me in that right-hand lane, and he doesn't have his turn signal on, I want to scream, what are you waiting for? We're waiting. We're waiting as we live through faith in Christ in the now and the not yet. And our Lord's church is waiting, waiting for the full and final revealing of the reign of God. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this day to ponder God's word from the 25th chapter of Matthew, God's word about the unknown but certain return of the bridegroom. People God dearly loves. Beginning this Sunday, the third from the end of the church year, we hear Matthew 25, today verses 1 through 13 as our gospel, the parable of the bridegroom and the ten virgins. Next Sunday, the gospel will be verses 14 to 30 of Matthew 25, the parable of a master giving talents to three of his servants. And on November 26, the last Sunday of the church year, we will hear verses 31 to 46, the glorious and final return of Christ on that glorious and final day. Here's something significant. These teachings of Jesus, the whole of chapter 25 and more besides, all happen in Jerusalem during Holy Week. A donkey was ridden, palms were waved, hosannas were shouted. The clock is ticking, the hour is near. For chapter 26 of Matthew begins, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. Had Jesus forgotten these important truths expressed and explained in Matthew 25? Did our Lord forget to teach his disciples earlier, maybe in the Sermon on the Mount? Is he trying to deliver this teaching before it's too late? Well, that's closer to the answer. Jesus must teach these truths about the kingdom and the king before the reign of God begins to be more fully revealed by his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus tells the 12 disciples on the Mount of Olives, the kingdom of heaven, the rule of God, will be like 10 virgin bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom to appear and for the marriage feast to commence. They carry simple clay oil lamps because the procession to the waiting hall must be bright with light. Five 
of the bridesmaids are foolish, but five of them are wise. The wise virgins, you see, have extra flasks of oil to fill their clay lamps. We don't know why, but for some reason the bridegroom is delayed and the bridesmaids are tired. Finally, they all nod off and sleep until in the middle of the night, they are woken by a sudden cry. And this is how Matthew phrases it in the Greek. Behold, the bridegroom, come out indeed. All 10 wake up and they all trim their lamps. They cut off the burned portion of the wick. Maybe they tug on that wick to bring a little more cord to light. Then they strike a flint and the wick catches flame. But not for long. The flame sputters and fades and goes out. All but the wise virgins have extra oil. They quickly fill their lamps and relight their wicks. Panicked, the other five plead, give us some of your oil. Our lamps won't stay aflame. But the wise virgins answer, we can't do so. We can't because there won't be enough for our lamps and for yours. Go, find a shop, buy more oil for yourselves. Well, the five foolish bridesmaids run off. The procession of the bridegroom appears. The five with lighted lamps gladly follow him into the wedding feast, and the door to the banquet hall is shut. When the foolish virgins return, and we don't know, our text doesn't tell us if they have found and bought any oil or not, they go to the wedding reception and knock on the door. Lord, sir, they cry out, please open to us. But the voice behind the door says, I cannot. Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Disappointed, they trudge away. What's the point of the parable? I'm going to first tell you what it's not. It's not shop early before the stores close. It's not drink some caffeine to stay awake while you're waiting for someone important to show up. That's not the point because all 10 of the virgins became drowsy and slept. And it's not don't be selfish. Share what you have. Because you see, and you really do need to see, honoring the bridegroom is the key to this parable. If the five bridesmaids give away half of their oil, all ten lamps will sputter and go out, and the whole festive procession is ruined. For what matters? What matters above all is being ready to honor the bridegroom when the time to honor him appears. So how does this parable apply today and to you and to me? To answer that, we need to go back to Holy Week in Jerusalem. God's people had been waiting, waiting for centuries. They had been waiting for the promises to be kept. They had been waiting for the promised one, Emmanuel, 
God with us. They had been waiting for the word to be made flesh. And they fell asleep. Until an angel tells Mary, you will conceive and carry and birth the Messiah. Until an angel declares to shepherds, good news, great joy, today in Bethlehem the Savior is born. Until John the baptizer points and proclaims, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Some woke up. Some rejoiced that the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. Titus chapter 3. Some believed. Some received. Some were welcomed into the wedding banquet. But Jesus' mission was not simply to be born into this diseased and dying world. His mission was to give his life away, to die in our place, to pay for all our guilt, to win our forgiveness, complete forgiveness for every sinner. This is what takes our Lord from the cradle to the cross. And Jesus reigns there in an unlikely place. His throne is at Golgotha. His crown is twisted thorns, for his goal is to be the bridegroom who lays down his life on behalf of his bride, washing for her, for us, the wedding garment with his own righteousness. This parable declares the good news, but this parable reveals more. We are waiting. We are waiting for the full reign of God. We are waiting for the crucified and risen and ascended and glorified Lord to return. We are waiting for the unknown but certain appearing of the bridegroom. And we are called to be ready, to be prepared, and to stay prepared, prepared to honor him. So we are called to have sufficient oil. And just what is this oil? I'm glad you ask. It's whatever it takes to join in the wedding procession when Jesus returns. It is the oil of humble faith. It is the oil of truth, trusting God's word. It is the oil of repentance. It is the oil of denying ourselves and taking up the cross. It is the oil of perseverance, of hallowing God's name, of being faithful even to the point of death. It is the oil of suffering because we bear the name of Christ. It is the oil of being prepared to die, not being eager to die, but prepared to die, believing and confessing the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Yes, the kingdom of God is here and it is now. For by God's grace, we live in his kingdom of grace, We live under the reign of the unending and undeserved mercy of God, but we are also praying, thy kingdom come. We wait and long for the promise and never-ending day of the Lord. And doing so, we hold our lamps filled with oil, brightly burning, ready for the shout, here is the bridegroom, meet him with joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.